And welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Take TV podcast. I am your host, JD, for the day. Joining me is, of course, George. How are you doing, mate? Very well. How are you? Fair. That was on a, a three-second delay. We'll get into that in a little bit. And then, Eno, how are you going, mate? <laughs> Good, JD. How are you, mate? How was the 1,000th uh, goal, mate, in the flesh? 1,000th goal in the flesh. Uh, yeah, it's one of those forever footy memories that you never forget. Uh, it was was very, very fortunate to be there. A lot of things fell my way. Um, yeah, and to be at a Sydney game, I mean, come on, why would you do that? But yeah, like sick night, sick memories. And of course, you boys had a big weekend as well, meeting up with some of the regulars or the OGs from the Discord community. Uh, George, I know you went over this a little bit in your video, so I'm going to ask you a couple of different questions. So uh, firstly, who who was the biggest, like who, which personality was the most different in person to kind of what we get in the discord <laughs> and why? Uh, I think Hammy, he's like a bit quiet in real life and doesn't shut up in discord. <laughs> <laughs> but he's good. And then, and then uh, who was, who was exactly like they are on discord? Oh, easily young Deji or Dennis. <laughs> oh my goodness. Loose camera. Um, loose camera. Very loose. Bottom. Uh, yes. Yeah. He just, <laughs> He sees trouble. He wants all of it. He wants to get involved. <laughs> yeah, well, so. it's, a, it's a good thing he had you and Eno there to mentor him and keep him out of trouble for the weekend. He was in good hands, right? We did our best. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So pretty, uh, pretty jam-packed agenda today. It's obviously a very important week with us being on the cusp of price changes coming online. So we're going to go over a few things here when it comes to trade strategy, the most popular players being traded in and out. Um, some X versus Ys on who who is the kind of priority here. But before we jump into that, let's get a bit of a recap for what happened on the week just gone. Um, let's go over what we scored, what our trades were, and kind of how we're feeling. Get a quick uh, maybe one to ten on how positive we are about the week ahead. So Can we skip this bit? No, no, no. We've got to do this. You didn't even oh. score that badly. The trades were pretty bad, but we knew that was going to happen before you did the execute the trades. <laughs> Um, so I think I top scored this week barely with a 2382. Um, I just did a couple of early rookie corrections last week to set me up with money for this week in Baldwin to Hayes and Owens to Martin. Uh, Eno, how, how about yourself? I did no trades, but scored what 2357. So just a little bit less than you. The uh, the the McRae captain instead of Neil obviously affected that, but got Stevens on field, so I was happy. Honestly, with that over the captaincy, can't really be upset about that. Um, and then big Shrek Darcy. I mean, we don't really talk about him too much. I'm probably the only person that's listening with him, but all that's that's here with him. So it doesn't really matter. But yeah, um, pretty happy where the team's at. Just have to wait for news on that before I can even decide what the hell I'm going to do with him. So how about you, George? What did you do, mate? Oh, don't worry about it. Go next segment. <laughs> I scored 2377. Um, I explained it in my video. I just had to plan in advance. I did um, steal to Lipinski to free up cash for Crips. I was going to the MCG and I wanted Lip in my team to cheer him on. And I did a, you thought that was bad. Did um, <laughs> Brody, to Hay- Brody to Hayes. Um, I don't know why. I needed to, yeah. I'm not even going to bother explaining. Uh, blunder, move <laughs> on. I can, I can tell steak. you what happened. 
I can tell you what happened. I mean, people may be saying like, look, George broke all the typical rules of super coach, which is don't sideways Tom. primos, don't trade before round two, all this type of stuff. And sure, that's right. But I think the bigger lesson here is as soon as George had some friends, some people to hang out with in real life, super coach <laughs> went to absolute <laughs> shit. So if you want to be good at the game, you got to know life. <laughs> yeah. Just well, if you settle on your trades early in the week or like plan for team sheets, don't do them five minutes before a game. Hey, at least he held on to crisp. <laughs> if he had to watch him go 120 <laughs> after trading him, that would have been a lot worse. Oh, so that's my problem. I just want to get rid of any anyone that's mildly underperforming. But I know that <laughs> if the role is good and all that, it's fine. But um, yeah, we'll speak about some primos that I guess, I don't know if we'll ever react to them, but a few of them have slight role issues and stuff like that. So we'll go over that, but... Um, yeah, round one, just need to calm down a bit, especially me. I think Anna, yeah. you were telling me to calm down. You both were telling me to calm down, but yeah, anyway, just we can... really interesting kind of um, tie back to a conversation last week. So we talked a little bit of trade strategy and whether or not we needed to be more aggressive this year than in previous years. And I think the answer is yes from what we've seen so far, but maybe, George, you took it a little bit to the extreme. Are we still kind of feeling that this is a year to be a little bit more aggressive with our trades and our trade boosts? I didn't want to trade boost at all this week, but I think Whitfield's and Gorn potentially. I think I can see people holding. I can see people trading him. I think those two have thrown a spanner in the works. They're projected to drop a hell of a lot of money, and um, there's issues with both of them we'll speak about. So um, I'm still not a fan of boosting, but um, if it's saving you a fair bit of cash this week, I don't mind it. But still, I don't like it. Um, but yeah, I still think there's... The value available is still unbelievable. Cripps and Heaney and Hewitt down back. It's uh, it's hard to not have these players at the price. So, um, but yeah, like with premiums, I overreact because I think of worst case scenario. And when you see their high break evens and you see issues with them, that's when it's uh, it gets a bit more real in terms of doubting whether these picks are going to come good or not. So I guess we'll speak about those. So, um, but yeah, I, I'm still a fan of aggressive training trading with um those players that are listed and then uh, what about yourself i guess um a lot of people are going to be wondering whether or not they should be using a trade boost this week where do you kind of sit on the situation just to sort of back up what george was saying like the like he said it for after round one the value is stupidly crazy like i saw someone post they're on what are we like 47 4800 total points this year and where, you know, you'd be around 10 K or something. Whereas last year you'd be in like the top 300 with that, with that many points. So it's like people are going 24, 2,500 in round one and two. It just shouldn't be happening. You're happy with those sorts of scores in round 16. So shows a lot of the cheaper players are popping off. How many are real? How many are fake? That's, that's what we've got to decide in the next couple of weeks really. And, and obviously really importantly this week. So I'm actually not really that against the boost. If you've got a couple of issues and there's a couple of blokes like, you know, we'll talk about them later, but guys with really low break evens that even look to be possible keepers, then I'd have no problem with with popping the boost this week, um, whatever the hell we call it. But um, yeah, so I don't, not totally against it, not probably as against it as yours probably is. What about yeah, you, JD? Yeah, I um, I think if you get enough value out of the boost, then use it this week. This is probably the best time to use it that isn't getting early upgrades in. I think it's going to lose value basically any other point in the year. So if you really are getting something of value, like say you're getting Hewitt, Cripps and Cherry with your three boosts and like that's an amazing trade. You're getting three 
pretty much must-haves in my opinion, and I would use it. But if you're fiddling around with that last trade and it's like a rookie correction that can wait for next week, then that's the stuff that you you shy away from. Um, and I think, yeah, it's a really interesting point around the where we sit overall. I, I had a look in my video as well. So I'm about 193 points ahead of where I was last year. But last year, I was ranked in the top 800. This year, I'm just inside the top 15,000. So it's, it feels like a completely different game we're playing this year. Yep. All right. So for this next segment, we're going to go through the currently most traded in players. So looking at the live rankings, this, of course, can change between now and the end of this week. Um, but it should give you a good feel for the players that are being traded out currently or, or popularly being traded in or out. Um, and we're just going to go through whether or not we think these are must-haves and whether you'd be aggressively pursuing trading this player in if you don't have them or if you think it's someone that you can miss on. So the first name we'll start with is probably the big boy of the list, Paddy Cripps, 454K, Minus 28 break even. His average is something ridiculous. I think it's 147 coming off the 162 last week. George, is Patrick Cripps a must-have? Yes. <laughs> Wasn't Excellent. sure we'd be here, but here we are. All right. Really is just extreme, I think. Is he a keeper? Uh, yes. He's top eight at this rate. Well, I know it's early. I guess the thing with Cripps... It's hard because you don't know if, you know, I think all of 2018, he was good. First half of 2019, I think he went about 130 and then tailed off in the back half. So is that going to happen again? Maybe. I don't know. But he's uh, no longer injured at the moment. He's winning. He's spreading from the contest really, really well, um, which he wasn't doing. He's a bit like Heaney. He's just on another level at the moment. So, um yeah, I mean, I expect him to be keeper. I think I'd have him in my top eight at the moment. You know, 160 in the preseason, 130 last week or something, 160 again against the dogs of all teams. So they have a soft fixture coming up. They have a good midfield support around him. He's got a point to prove, I think. So I am, I blew up my team to get him in. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have done that, but nonetheless. I wouldn't have done my trades if it wasn't for Crips. So, yeah, I think I would get him in. No. Oh, it's more hard for me to believe that he's a absolute must-have because, yeah, he, he obviously needs to be top eight and a keeper. Look, he's going to make money no matter what, of course, with with the the big scores he's just had. But can, do we trust this guy to to do this for a full full season? You know, do you think? Probably someone we might have to use a trade on later on. Look, that's projecting ahead. You know, in his current form, it probably doesn't look too likely of slowing down. But it's just what's happened in the past, so it sort of sits sits there in your mind. Um, is he worth you know using a boost and blowing up your team like George has to get him in? The issue with me is where does he fit? So we all have two big dogs, probably Neil, then Rao, and then three of those rookies. Is Barry the the one that has to go because none of those other guys? look like they're trade-outs. They're not trade-outs, put it that way. So it's Barry or it's somehow, you know, put you have to put Ward and Stevens toward, towards the bench and something like that. So it's it's hard. Where do you find the cash to do that? I guess it's flicking Whitfield and Gorn. How do you do it, JD? Do you have to blow up your team to get him in? Or if you just didn't start him, is it just bad luck and maybe see him as a 
upgrade target later. I mean, Cripps is prone to, to low scores. Even I was looking through his really good couple of seasons. He drops a 50 or 60 here and there, even when he's at the top of his game. So do we wait longer until we're, we're absolutely confident? And then, you know, mate, what if we have to pick him up at 550? Is it the worst thing in the world? I don't know. I think that's, that's where I kind of sit. But uh, if you started him, well done. You're in a really good position. So I think if he's going to be a keeper, he's going to get past 550. He's going to go up into the 600s, and that's pretty he hard to come get back, to. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like to be honest. I think if he's a keeper, so yeah, he is a must-have at his price. If he's not a keeper, then you'd be fine to miss on him. I, is is I think the easiest way to describe it for me. I probably have it more likely than not that he is a keeper at the moment, which makes me think that it's worth taking the punt on him. But I could imagine if there's non-believers or you have enough concerns about his body or Carlton or whatever it may be that you would avoid it. But with uh, with that said, he does have a really soft fixture um, coming up, George, as you mentioned, and he shares it with the next play we're going to talk about in Hewitt. So Carlton's next six is Hawks, Gold Coast, Port, Frio, North and Adelaide. Five, potentially six wins in there based on what we've seen so far. And I think that means not only good things for Crips, but Hewitt. So, George, I know uh, you started him this year, but for those that don't have him, is he a must-have? Yes, get him in. <laughs> He's really good. I guess I, if you, I've said this a million times now, but second half of last year, he was 98 average. Take out two games where it's sub-50 CBAs and you get 98 average. Um, and he's being freed up a bit more this year. They Voss said he tagged Bont at times. All I saw was Hewitt clean up at the back of the stoppage about 15 times. So he's 400K. He will be a keeper. Um, get him in. Look, okay, so they're going to run the five mids. They had um, Walsh was out first week. Chair was out in the second week. Um, Walsh only had 18 CBAs. Was that because they want to use him outside more or was that because they're easing him in? Maybe a bit of both. Um, so look, yeah, he had equal, I think he had 28 CBAs, I think the same as Cripps. So you can see how good he is at reading off the stoppage. Really, really, really good. So he can play. He's really good. And you get a keeper for 400K. So if you're not happy with your defender premium, um, I guess everyone was unhappy with all the defender premiums last week. Um, or if you me anyway, um, you can bank a bit of money and you get a keeper for 400K. It's pretty free. Eno? Um, I'm not sure if my laptop's frozen, but am I still moving on screen? You're not moving, no. but we can hear you. <laughs> um, look, we'll finish Hewitt. Um, yeah, I think the same as George, get him in. If Obviously, the issue is who who are you trading out to get him in? Or I think it's nice if you have like a Chapman or something, you're trying to fight, you're definitely getting up to Hewitt. Um, but I guess he could trade an underperforming um Defender Primo, like I guess Whitfield would be the number one. But yeah, I, I definitely think if you don't have him, he, he's a great trade in. And there's, there's, um, it's, you know, no surprise he's, you know, the second most traded in player this week so far. Don't really have much more to say. Uh, yeah, love him as a pick. Yeah, I think uh, the the big concern on him is what happens when everyone is back at Carlson because we saw one week with Chera, but no Walsh. We saw this week with maybe an underdone Walsh and no Chera. Uh, I think the thing that has me somewhat optimistic is Cripps and Kennedy can both play forward pretty well. Walsh and Chera can both play outside pretty well. I'm not sure where Hewitt's strength is. Like maybe it's 
down back, but realistically, all the others can be pushed into those other positions and perform just as well at, at that high level where I'm not really sure the same is true for Hewitt. And that gives me optimism that they're going to keep him in the midfield uh, for for the foreseeable future and continue to get high CBAs even if it drops or dials back a little bit back from what we've seen in the first two games. So we've gone through a midfielder, we've gone through a defender. Now for the guy that already has George smiling, it is of course one Isaac Heaney, 454k, a negative 15 break even and a five goal bag on the weekend. George, is he a must have? Have you ever watched Dragon Ball Z? Uh, yep, yeah, yeah. I grew up on Cheese TV. I know a little bit about the Super Saiyans. Oh, yeah, you know how like they reach their final form. They're like Super Saiyan twelve God mode or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Isaac. He's reached his final form. <laughs> he's fully fit. He's ready to go. I know that he's the CBAs aren't great. He is pushing up the ground a lot. He doesn't show it, but the way he gets up and down the ground is a work of art to me. So. Yeah, the role's not always going to be perfect. Yeah, the goals aren't always going to come. Have you seen his round three, round four, five, and six fixture? West Coast, North, Hawthorne. Mate, I don't even think this week is bad. The dogs aren't too hot defensively, and they don't look too yeah. great. So it's pretty I mean, good. He's just, he's just posted two 140. He's not going to go 140 every week. So, yeah, I, I'm a, you already know how I feel about Isaac. I think he, I would highly recommend getting him in. Um, yeah, he's very cheap. He's negative break even, and honestly, it might be a painful watch if you don't have him during that those that three round stretch. So, is he? I think he, he's looking like a top three, top four forward. Um, probably Dunkley and Butters, probably the other two, and see how a few others go. So, yeah, he looks unbelievable. He's just a bit like Cripps at the moment. He's just too good for the opposition. You teams can't really stop him at the moment. So, um. Yeah, again, Roll won't, won't won't always be perfect, but uh, he he'll be a top liner, and he's still four fifty k. No thoughts. Um, out of the last couple of players we just spoke about, Heaney's by far my favourite and one I want to get in the most. Um, I can't say that I've already got Hewitt, so it's pretty bit easy to say. But um, yeah, would have started him if if rookies allowed. You know, just needed another defender rookie that wasn't. 170k like Gibkiss, and he probably would have been in my team, um, which is a little bit annoying. But yeah, just love watching him play. Always been one of my favourites. I know he hasn't been a super coach favourite for a lot of people, but even in this role, like George said, he can still score really well. And to be honest, it's probably good having 70% forward time against those teams he's coming up against because he's just going to kick more goals. So um, look, hopefully when Papley comes back, he's you know going to get a little bit more mid time and. You know, that'll obviously raise his floor, but as a trade-in, yeah, I want to find a way to get him in. It's it's just how many of these guys are must-haves. I think George has said all three of them are so far. So how many how many trade can you use more than one boost in a week or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, interesting. Longmire's kind of done the reverse of what he's done the last few years, where he's promised mid-time and then given it to us in the preseason, and then Heaney's been an average or below average pick. This year, he played him full forward in the preseason game, kind of caused Eno and I to jump off, and now he's gunned it anyway. So rewarded George for keeping the faith, but uh, punished non-owners in a big way at the moment. I think the one um, hopeful part for non-owners is that he has been playing forward a lot, and he's kicked eight goals for the first two games, which have bumped up his score a fair bit. Now, without those goals, is he closer to a 100 average or a 110 average? And I think that's going to differentiate how much of a 
must-have he is. Uh, for me, I'm probably happy to pass on him just given the amount of other needs I have and catch him later. But I am scared about not owning him at the moment. And I, I do wish he was in my side desperately. Worth quickly noting that like with Heaney and Cripps, like, durability just doesn't go out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, it, for me, it's uh, the, the upside outweighs in terms of risk. Um, the upside outweighs the risks, the risk of the durability for me. So just thought I'd add that in, but um, you can get carried away with non-durable players as they start scoring well. Um, but at some point, it might come back to bite us. But uh, yeah, worth worth noting that. Uh, last year, we had... Uh, some of us get tripped up with Botalk, and this year we've now got Bowie down back. Is this potentially a trap, or is Bowie someone that people should be bringing in this week? With Bowie, I don't... Is it Bowie, not Bowie? I've heard it be pronounced both ways and I still don't know. He's only played Uh, 10 games. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I I can't really comment on this, to be honest. I did not... We actually had... Our TV did not work in the hotel. So every time we needed to watch a game, we had to find a place to watch it. So um, didn't get to see a whole lot of... I think we saw a bit of the second half of this game. Um, Well, looking at the scoring history, he scored... What fifty odd last week, and Salem went down early. I don't know if he took Salem's role directly, but you know, for a ten gamer to score like this is unbelievable. I think this is a luxury trade. I don't have the luxury because I feel like I have other pressing issues that I'm not happy with. So I see a lot of people uh, whiffle down to Bowie, McGovern up to Crips by DPP or Heaney or whatever. So, um. What do you think, Anna? I'm not sure. I think it's it's hard because he's unproven and he's a 10-gamer. He's very young. Can he keep this up? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't have a clue. And by the way, just quickly, his, this score only stays in his price cycle for, I think, two weeks. But in those yeah. two weeks, you basically make 100K guaranteed and then you've kind of got the can he go 80 in Salem's role upside, in which case he'll keep going on even further with money, where if he can't, then you can kind of cut him after the next two weeks with the 100K that you've made, but you know potentially not an amazing deal in, in getting to him. I agree that it's a little bit of a luxury because you probably have to have the guy, you know, most of the guys we just spoke about already and, and all the good rookies and, and, and whatnot already. It's probably more of a, if you've started a Chapman, you know, that's a pretty easy swap because um, I don't really like what Chapman's produced so far. You know, look, I'm not dogging on the guy, but it's just not the greatest role. And this Bowie role, look, don't expect on 50s. The guy had 18 contested possessions and like 10 intercepts or nine intercepts, something stupid like that. So obviously you can't expect that. But yeah, the pro- the, the score is there and it's, it's in the cycle for a couple of weeks. And I think that's an easier switch. The other one is just the way, like you said, of getting a Heaney or a Cripps, if you think they're must-haves, but by going Whitfield down, if you're, you know, disappointed and not not believing in him being able to turn it around. So that's the more contentious way of doing it. And again, that's a pure luxury because you must have nothing else wrong with your team to be doing something like that. So that's the only way I'd say you, you're jumping on uh, this sort of pick, but there's plenty of good teams out there. So maybe you have that luxury. 
All right. Good discussion there. So moving on to another mid-pricer, this time in the forward line, we've got Tristan Cherry, the number one ruck at North Melbourne, 208K, a minus 77 break even, which I think might be the lowest of anyone this round. Uh, Jack is, Hayes is uh, oh, Hayes Hayes is crazy. Uh, Hayes besides, is a, yeah, besides a rookie, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Yep. Is uh, Tristan Cherry a must-have? I would be getting him in. I think the DPP will be will be nice. Um, yes, I know. I said yes again, but, no, but this is uh, this is <laughs> his uh, his um his rock split isn't super great. Like it's, I mean, it's good for certainly his price, but it's not like he's getting eighty percent rock time. I think no, it was closer to 50, 50, isn't it? I think maybe sixty forty something like yeah. that. It's a bit more. It's just a bit more than Goldstein. Yeah. Um. Again, this week, no Nick Natanoy. So it's a bit unfortunate if you didn't have him this week. Um, yeah, I think he can really do damage as number one ruck because he scored very well in the VFL and past, past practice matches and preseasons when they gave him the opportunity. Um, and he, apparently he's had a really big preseason. Now that we've been all, we've been over this in preseason podcasts. So he's one. Uh, if you're not happy with your govern or whatever, this is the one to get. So, yeah, he can do a lot of damage. Um Given his role and how he's playing, so. Eno, what do you see him? him Eno, what do you see him averaging from here? I think he can. I mean, he can push ninety in the nineties, but I'd say close to that 80, 85, um, which is which is great. And I keep forgetting the best part about this pick is in three, four weeks he gets ruck status. So it's just such a good thing. Um, I looked at his next month. He has the big O and then Hickey, which are little bit tough opponents, but then he gets the dogs who, you know, English is, is ain't too tough, and then Reece Stanley. So it's not – it's a pretty decent run. Then he gets the DPP around there. So that's the best part about this pick, I reckon. Um, we can talk later on about, you know, strategy and trades of um, Hazar too and all that stuff, but that definitely leans into that. You know, if you can survive until that comes around, that's, you know, that's possibly a play. It's a very bit of a risky play, but, but yeah. I think Cherry is as big a must-have, or if not the most of the the five we've just gone over. To be honest, George, that's a pretty bold, bold call. Would you have him as the biggest priority of the five we've been through so far? Uh that's a good question. Yes, I think so. Yeah, I'd almost I say also... Hewitt is uh to me. Yeah, almost Hewitt's the biggest priority in terms of priorities, I... but. Yeah, it's yeah, a tough I, one. He's I would high, still yeah. have I would still have Cherry ahead just because the money that he's making is going to be insane and the flexibility with the ruck line and given a lot of people are now getting off the set and set and forget rucks and they might be going gone down or they just didn't start gone and so like me you've got wits having him as cover potentially for uh, in a few weeks time is amazing it's it's really valuable so yeah he'd be the number one for mine of what we've gone to, through so far. All right, another uh, ruck that kind of made waves this week, uh, partly because he sank gone a little bit, is Luke Jackson. Uh, is he someone that is a must-have? He's no. Not. <laughs> well, He's not. it's the same mold as Bowie. It's you're betting on a breakout. So when you're looking at the past, you know, um, plays that have rucked 50-50, you got to look back at. Um, Dean Cox and Nick Natanoy, when they were both premiums, they were both 50-50 rucks. So you probably want at least 50-50 rucks to be a premium. I think he's creeping up into that. I read somewhere it was 51% for Gorn. I was thought I read 55 somewhere, but I did read on Twitter not 51, but nonetheless, it's it's less than 60. So 
Um, I don't know if he keeps this up. I don't. He hasn't shown consistent form in the past, but it could be a breakout. He looks really, really good. Um, I, I'm not jumping on. I feel it is a little risky. I, I don't. I'm not certain on his output, and for his price, you want him to be a keeper. So it could be good. I'm not willing to take the risk though. I, I don't know if he sustains it. Yeah, so yeah. Eno priced at uh, three hundred eighty nine thousand eight hundred currently. Uh, I think he's got a break even of three. Is Luke Jackson something that you'd be trading in this week? Simple answer, no. P- pretty much echo what George said. Look, fair fair play if you did start him. A little bit of a risky pick, but you've got a, you know, you've got a what is he hundred average or something so far, and he, he has really good games in him. But like George said, he 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 can. He's not going to be as consistent, I don't think. Um, but yeah, that ruck time is pushing up, so the play obviously plays into the Gorn pick a lot and kind of renders them both. You know, obviously Jackson going up, but Gorn going down. You know, cancelling each other out a little bit. You know, maybe just for this year, and then into into the future, Jackson becomes a really good pick. So yeah, not now, not now. There's there's plenty of other picks out there, and um, he's not urgent. Like, is he yeah. going to, like, what's his split going to be every week? Could it be 30 one week? Could it be 50? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I think if you're picking him, like, Wits and English, I just prefer as options to Jackson at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's hard for me to, to recommend him as someone we trade in, especially considering all the other really good names we've, we've gone through so far. Um, so first kind of proven premium on the list that's uh, in the most traded in list for the week is one Lachlan Neal. Um, I think he just goes by Lachlan. I don't think anyone's ever called him Lachlan before. I shouldn't have done that. Um, so he's 543,200. He obviously put in a massive score of 198 and is averaging 169 at the moment. Break even of minus 20, which is pretty phenomenal considering his starting price. Neil is a must-have. I don't even know if there's room for discussion on this. If you don't have him, there's almost no one that I wouldn't trade him for, and he's a, probably a bigger priority than anyone that we've talked about so far. In fact, he is the biggest priority of anyone we've talked about so far. Agree or agree? Next. Agree. Move yeah. on. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Get Neil if you don't have him. That was a big mistake by not starting him. You should have listened. All right, Aaron <laughs> Hall, down in defense. Someone that is... No reasonable super coach should have started given he was coming off a string in the preseason, but he's managed to get through two cringe-inducing weeks and has um, managed to, to average really well. I think it was a 126 average over the first two games, break-even of 83. Is Aaron Hall a must-have or someone that you would even be trading to this week if you were looking to sideways a premium defender? Don't you own Dawson who had a calf issue leading into round one? He didn't. He's not in his thirties, coming off a hamstring. He had calf awareness, which they rested him for. There's a very different situation. <laughs> if you want to spin it that way, fine. <laughs> so Aaron Hall, this is I absolutely hate these sort of picks because the upside is unreal, but the durability in the preseason, it's like, oh no, like is he going to do a? We know that you know you hamstrings like you did the injury video on it jd like the most recurring injury is the hamstring if they've done one so it's oh, i don't know i really don't i the alternatives are lloyd and lloyd as good as he was on the weekend his uh kick-ins have been cut into by campbell and blakey so it feels a slightly bad paying 580 for lloyd it's still fine but it's like 
yeah, losing kickouts there. So I'm thinking about bringing him in this week. Just you know, if he survives a few rounds, I mean, he he had a soft tissue, he had a groin complaint at the start of last year and got through the whole year. Plays uncontested role, so Drew Billy is generally better in the seagull role. I don't know. I, I he's not. A, I don't think he's a must-have, but it's one where if you don't want to take the risk, I understand. If you want to take the risk, I understand. I'm leaning to the point where in this sort of year, I want out of Whitfield, which we'll speak about later. And the one I want is Hall, I think. So not a must-have, but I don't have an issue if you don't want him or you do want him. I'm actually, yeah, I'm thinking about taking the risk, but I feel kind of bad about it. Goes against everything you've ever said. I know it's. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, the don't feel bad about it. He's the clear D one. Yeah, it's not even close. And it, it, yeah, that's the thing. It's not like there's um, six or seven that you could throw a, a, a towel over, and you know you kind of get all of them. And if you miss one of them, whatever it doesn't matter. He's probably going to be ten points per game better than the second best average if he stays fit. And it's just like. We don't normally have to make trade-offs this large before where the upside and the injury risk are like at such extremes. Uh, man, it's that's a tough pick. It's, it's worth noting pick. that uh, Luke McDonald is cutting into his kick-ins. So yeah. I think it was pretty evenly split across the three. So maybe the output well. isn't yeah. as high. Oh, what was this? I think it was like 118s around that mark last year after the concussion and the sub-game and all that. So... Maybe he drops back to like 115. One doesn't feel like it though. He's just absolutely everywhere at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Not the worst I, part I, is we all had him at D1, didn't we, before the preseason? So, yeah. Yeah. It just, um, uh, I mean, I think the only the other avenue thing, to him, JD. What, what's the, the only avenue? other thing? Oh, well, I mean, if you've got Whitfield or Ridley, they're probably the two obvious ones. But um, I guess like the only other knock on hall at the moment or it could be a positive depending on how you see it is that their fixture gets really hard from this week onwards so there's like a really good chance that they don't win again until like round seven eight nine or something like that and just get smashed by top teams so the question is like is that more interesting to you because potentially there's a lot more ball down back in their defensive half that he could be racking up or is it you know potentially a little bit scary because um there's not going to be close games where he's gulling at key moments may get him a lot of super coach points. And instead, you know, there could just be a lot of kick to kick in the back half in dead games. Well, he turned up just about every game last year, except one against the Suns. Yeah, but it's a lot of dream team. And like a lot of his super coach scores were less. Whereas like JD's saying, on the game of the weekend, what did you say? At 80 dream team and 120 super coach. Cause he I was 92, I think. Yeah, he was in like a lot of forward half stuff, you know, a lot of inside 50s, score assist, stuff like that, which obviously gets you the super coach points. So it is a fair point. Um, he scored slightly better in wins last year um, than losses, but it's like such small sample size. I don't know if you can draw anything from it. And I haven't yeah. even taken out some of the injury affected games, which probably affects that even worse. Look, he is D1, but I think I would still prefer to get Stewart in over him just because I'm... Yeah, like Stewart's Whoa. played two two nothing games and he's averaging 103. Yep. And just more safe with the durability. So anyway. Yep. All right. And then uh, we've sort of got two left in the most traded in. So next is another premium midfielder in Brayshaw. 
someone that's a little bit out of uh, left field, but after coming off a 189, was it, on the weekend, he's found himself with one of the better averages. He was at a very nice starting price compared to some of the other midfields of 584,000. A 26 break even. Is this someone that you would be trading in this week? Uh, for me, no. Uh, I don't know. It's not a priority for me. I think the tag risk might happen. I think his time ground is still going to stay up. Um, no chair. I kind of has to. Brody's spending half the fourth quarter on the bench, so more time for the other mids, I guess. Mm, it's an interesting one. He had a calf issue last year. Um, I guess we're letting it slide for other, other players, though, but... Uh, yeah, he looks unbelievable just everywhere. We kind of seen it. His points per minute's always been good. So I don't think he's must have. Uh, those points are gone now. So nice to have, but I don't think must have. But wouldn't surprise me if he's like top six mid. So um, yeah, grab him if you want. I, I'm not going to. I think the biggest problem with Brayshaw is that it doesn't fit a lot of people's structures and most of the premium midfielders haven't underperformed or underperformed enough that you'd need to trade them out for someone like Brayshaw. So it's just, it seems unrealistic that people are in a situation where this is a good trade in despite him being in the top 10 most traded list. Like um, maybe steal to Brayshaw is why. Eno, um, would you endorse that under certain circumstances? No, no. Um, Andy's just... He's just in the top of my upgrade target list. Love, love, the, love the man. He's he finds the footy well. He, he's really attacking now. You know what do you think? He had six hundred meters gain, kicked a goal. Does does all the good stuff for Supercoach. So yeah, look at him later in the year. But no, I don't think there's a way you get him in now until one of the one of those rookies has uh, made all their cash. And as a true sign of the times, the only rookie, true rookie in this list, well, at least rookie Pice player, player, is Dill Stevens coming in at number 10. Normally at this point in the year, it would just be full of rookies that are the most traded in, you know, doing corrections. But he's the only one here. Scored a 95 on the weekend. Looked really good um, when I actually was at the game. Just his work rate up and down the wings was quite impressive. And I thought he used the ball pretty well, much better than... In week one, he has a 77 average and a 50 negative 56 break even. So looking like he's going to make bulk coin. Is Stevens a must bring in this week? No. It would be great if you can. Um, it's how where you find the 50K. Like if you greeted and went Owens and Hoff and Saligo, like two of those guys, I guess this is why you pay up for rookies. So... I never spent as much on the bench as I had this as I have this year. Um, just so happens that instead of fixing my bench, I'm trading premiums instead this year. So, um, anyway, um, uh, it's a uh, if you can do it in one trade, yes. If you can't, no. Simple answer. And it would be to like a, a dead rookie. Um, I think you got to do it as part of another package deal. Obviously, getting in. A Coops or a Heaney, and then being able to fix one of those dead mid rookies that you that you might have, then then yes, but I don't think you're blowing up or boosting or whatever just to get him in. So I think you'll be quite a good rookie though, JD, and you're probably spot on with. Um, he, I was pretty impressed. I saw, I did see what you saw up, up up on the wing. I think it was the the wing closest to the bench. He he got all. It was a pack patch there where he got twenty or thirty points in one one couple of minutes on the same wing. So. 
Look, I think he'll average close to 70-ish, 75 maybe. So he's going to make a lot of coin. And um, the thing with the mid-bench is uh, I guess it's looking okay. But, yeah, he's definitely a fieldable option. So, yeah, I'm not going to say absolute must-have, but he's pretty high on the list. Yeah, I would maybe my dissenting opinion. I mean, Cash is king, and I think he is one of the better rookies that people have missed. So I would say that he's right up there with Cherry of people that I would put near the top of the must bring ins just because I prioritize getting money more so than anything else. I think if you have real belief that Hewitt, Cripps, Heaney are keepers and are going to be, you know, at least 100k in price, then maybe prefer those over. Uh, Cherry and Stevens. I think Cherry and Stevens are probably better than everyone else we've discussed in terms of people that you should be bringing in. All right, we might try and uh, pick up pace then on those that are trading out just because it's painful, especially with how many on the list we may own. First is Lockie Whitfield, 502. He's put back-to-back scores in the 70s. And if you listen to George's vid this week, he uh, will talk to you about, I guess, what he saw at the game and, and Lockie's kind of work rate and whether he's actively hunting the ball or not, but none of it sounded good. Is this someone that you'd be trading out this week? I think so. This is hard because this is, I I am a little hesitant to speak about trading out premiums, especially after. (laughs) This is your forte. (laughs) But you can see why I overreact because sometimes it pans out, sometimes it doesn't, but. Yeah, the it's problem... just unfortunate you overreacted to the wrong primo. Like if you overreacted to Gorn last week, it was fine. Oh, I wanted to trade Gorn. If English yeah. beat up on um, the Carlton yeah. Rucks, he was gone. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, is he injured or not? Because he had that, it was, um, I don't know, the, third the quarter on the boundary, the groinish type thing, yeah. That is, uh, and look, it, it, it might be nothing, but that is concerning that that was picked up and then seemed to affect him throughout the game. So, look, watching him, when I did my weekly video, I compared him to Short. So just quickly touch on that. Short kicks out, runs 50 meters, goes to get the ball. Um, Whitfield splits the kickouts a bit more with coming, and Whitfield doesn't want to get involved as much as, um, say, other defenders. Like, he won't, um, he won't do what Short does and run the ball and find space. He'll just kind of take his position and point kick here, whatever. So he doesn't look, he still scored 88 dream team. A little bit was junk at the end. So I'm not sure he, he off the ball. He looks like he's not running as hard as usual. Um, still a few sprint efforts here and there, but uh, he just looks tired. I don't know. Something, something's up. Your two round average of 70 for Whitfield. Like it's a, uh, 150, 151 break even. If it goes south, it goes south very quickly. I, I'm out on this peak. And look, <laughs> I'm. It, it could be fine, and I could be overreacting. But this is this is what I've done in the past. I did it with Daniel last year. Fortunately, he lost his role, so I got the call right that he lost his role. It's just that they put him as an inside mid, so even somehow I got a better role. But the logic behind <laughs> it is, um, if you smell something might be wrong with the pick, um, I think it's okay to get out. Um, I understand if you want to hold, look, there's every chance he comes out next week. He's fine. He dominates like he did in the first practice game. But um, I'm not sure. He just doesn't look as good. And yeah, it just I don't really want to be stuck with him if it keeps going south the way it is. So if it if he turns out fine, fine. I traded him. Bad luck. I made a mistake. But um, if he doesn't turn good, then it's big, big problems. And you're stuck with the sinking ship. What do you reckon, Anno? 
I think my only plausible way of jumping off this pick or for people to jump off this pick is is to George Hewitt, and that's the only re- the way the only reason I would. Um, I, I'm sticking fat with Whitfield. Like you said, he still had 88 dream teams, still had the ball 23 times, and it was probably a pretty poor showing. So there's upside there still. We know what he can do. Um, my biggest worry was the team as a whole. Like he wasn't the only one that was just waltzing around, not do it, not chasing. You know the transition. Like the Tigers were putting out close to their seconds team on the weekend. No midfield. Missing got, six of their best. And like, they got probably beat up everywhere. They, yeah. Like they, we moved the ball so easily. I was like, we are not this good. This should not be happening. And he wasn't the only guy. So big game this this week for them, mind you. Gold Coast, like at home, seriously, they need to win. I think they bounce back. I think Whitfield's a part of it. So I'm not just bailing on a guy that we we know is a, is this you know a premium in the past um, after two two seventies. That's how I see it. If I have to tank the cash and and he does turn out to be injured, like. You know, it's that sort of speculation. So I can't really know if he's injured at this point and he's carrying something. So and, and unless we hear that, then I'm I'm not trading out this guy. Not oh, yet. like GWS would tell you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess like, uh, and you bring up an interesting point. Whitfield's price is a little bit awkward. There isn't a lot of other options around this price point. So yeah. hy- hypothetically, um, you have Hewitt already. And the only trade you're looking at this week was moving on for Lockie Whitfield and you had to pick someone cheaper. So it's either hold Lockie Whitfield, go to another like mid-price option like a Sicily, or it'd be going all the way down to Bowie or a rookie. What of these would you explore? Would you hold or would you trade down to one of these other speculative picks? I guess it's Bowie. You know, you're making cash there and then you're avoiding the the possible um cast drop on Whitfield so I think Bowie would be the only guy I still don't believe too much in Sicily as much as other guys or other people do so um yeah him or or Shorty who's like 30k more if you if you have that much but yeah it is hard because you got to get 70 80k to get up to the big guys so um yeah I think Bowie Bowie would be it I'd go all the way down I'd even so, go down to a rookie like if we get a what a Skinner or something I don't know it's early it's going early on a guy like that but and just getting a premium up forward or creeps or something like that. But I'm so not jumping Freer would, <laughs> Freer would be stupid to not play Idris school. Um, uh, so, George, in this hypothetical situation, would you trade Whitfield to Bowie and hold the spare cash? No, because you're going backwards. You need to use it now. Yeah. Yeah. So if you couldn't use it now, you'd say hold on to Whitfield. Oh, just quietly. I actually went backwards this week to go forwards this week. But um, I guess in that case, you probably could. George, you went, you went you went backwards last week to go backwards again this week, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not about. going backwards. I'm doing triple upgrade this week. <laughs> uh, or doesn't matter. Trading three primos. But um, I don't know. I'll just go to Hewitt if you haven't. And if not, um, either hold or do a, go all the way down, all the way up to Heaney or whatnot, or Crips, whatever. All right, awesome. Um, next on the list is the Premiership Captain. We've already touched on a little bit. It's hard not to, given that a lot of people's trade plans seem to center around gone this week. 657K, now a 201 break even after two. Pretty poor showings. I think both could be explained away a little bit, but there were some worrying signs with uh, Luke Jackson impeding on his time at center bounces and around the ground. Is gone someone we should be trading out this week? Eno, I'll start with you on this one. 
I think this week was more concerning than than round one. You know, round one he really should have probably dropped a 110, 120. He had what like eight clangers or something stupid. Was just gifting English points. But this week was more concerning with the ruck split that George was talking about before. And um, I have no problem with people jumping off him. And yes, it's easy to say as a non-owner, but I just think the cash is better spent elsewhere. He's gonna he's gonna bleed at least, in my opinion, 100k, and it, and it, it very well could be more. Um, people with a cheaper ruck setup are just in front right now. And if you don't have guys like Heaney and Cripps and Hewitt, I think he's a perfect way to get those those guys in. So, nah, this one, different to Whitfield, he's a lot more dollars, of course, and he's underperforming a lot more. And the line around him, it, you know, Grundy's not going massive. Darcy's obviously injured now. So it's not like you're losing out massively to other guys. So, yeah, I have no issue. I have no issue with people jumping off Gorn. George, I mean, there's a little bit of parallels to last year where starting a rookie ruck like Flynn um, seemed to get people ahead the first few rounds, but then set and forget, take over. Do you think that's going to happen again this year or gone someone that people should be getting off? 650K for someone who rocked roughly 50%. See you later. I'm out. <laughs> All right. Unless your name's Sean Darcy, you can't score from that. <laughs> yeah. Well, is he top two ruck? I don't no, know. but we but we didn't think he was going to be. He was always going to be third behind. I Darcy, thought he like was going to be Darcy. Yeah, and Darcy Grundy. is injury prone. He's we kind of just right. So if you don't count I, him, then yeah. If but. you don't count him, then yes, he probably still is. It's it's not Nick Nat. The the midfield's decimated. Well, it, I don't think it's Marshall because Ryder's playing. Uh, it's because who else well, is there really? Wits is R two at the moment. Witsy. If you count, if you take out Jackson and English, Wits is R two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I think this year it's a little different with the rocks because what's happened is in the preseason we got Dixon and we got Hayes. English role changed to full time ruck, although there are issues with that. Um, we might have to get to, um, and we get Cherry as a ruck in four rounds. So it's and Bruce is going to probably play this week, although. I would hell no, I'm not touching him until he's on the bubble. <laughs> yeah. If Dar now, we don't know how long Darcy's out for. Lloyd Meek is two sixty K, he's averaging eighty five, very capable, very good um waffle numbers. Um we have outs left, right, and center. That's if yeah, if Darcy doesn't play. So and yeah, we only need to hang on for four rounds. So um getting absolutely annihilated at points per dollar here, it's not good. Not a good I don't like it. Um yeah, I'm out. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, and for that reason, emphatic. yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Next up, Shark we've got <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, um, Dustin Martin, who I think people were already getting off last week, uh, but obviously had to take time away from the club to deal with some personal issues. Um, is he someone that you would be trading out this week? Get rid of him. Go next. Get rid of him. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't know when he's going to be back. So. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah. Only if he's named only if he's named this week could you hang on to him. In every other situation, he's an easy one to trade out. Uh, all right, next. if you don't have a Heaney, you still you still jump go there or something. Yeah. Even if he's named, to be honest, Pro probably could. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up, we have one of the underperforming mid prices, a rare underperforming mid pricer, and that is McGovern. Uh, so he's 256k, 40 break even. Uh, he looked great. His role looked great in round one. And then uh, round two, we saw a, quite a different look and just the 40 points from him. Is McGovern someone that people should be getting off? Any other year? No. This year, 
If you don't have Cherry, yes. Well, yes. well I think uh, there's a there's a reasonably good chance McGovern comes good. His role is still pretty good. The ball was coming in very quick with the dogs. So fixture opens up now with Carlton. Should be a bit easier um, for him. My issue with McGovern is very much similar to Bruce. Is he's very clumsy. Nearly got himself suspended. He's hurt himself four times in a row, by the way. At training, he at before um, Amy game, he had a massive fall at training. They had an injury scare. That Amy game, he didn't even finish for whatever reason. He hurt himself in round one. I can't remember what happened, but he was off in the fourth quarter for ages. He face planted himself and nearly got suspended in round two. Like this is a mess. Just get out if you can. Um, if you want to hold, he's very he's, he should be capable in the role. Don't have an issue with holding, um, but if there's a better opportunity available, get out. Eno, uh, well, this is where I'm going to bring up Will Brody because it's it's Tristan Cherry. If you don't have Cherry, Gov's gone. See you later. But it's it's what position I'm in, and maybe some some a lot of a lot of other coaches are. And it's you've got McGovern and and Cherry, and you don't have Brody. Do you make that switch? Is that a switch worth making? Cher, uh, what's Brody? Two twenty four with a negative forty six break even. Like any other year, I don't think you do, but it's just it does net you thirty k. Is that thirty k helpful in getting a Stevens or getting another one of these guys? I don't know. Doesn't seem like it's worth a boost to me, but is it worth you know funding another move that you may need thirty k for? I think if your team's otherwise perfect, then McGov to Brody makes sense. But yeah, I wouldn't be boosting for it. I just think there's probably better opportunities elsewhere. And there's enough question marks around what's going on with Brody's time on ground that this is a trade that it feels like could backfire pretty badly. And um, also, I do like how you hijack the segment to like get in trade advice for your team. That's skillfully done. Pay that. Thanks. Thanks. Um, Back to Gov, though, it didn't look great. You did mention it. Like, he just doesn't get used in the back line at all. So, if he's not intercepting, it's like, where where is his points coming from? And he even looked a bit lost. Like, he was on Jamara. Jamara was giving him a bath. Like, that's not great. Um, so, I'm actually okay giving him another week or two um, if you've got everyone else, of course. But, yeah, signs aren't the best. But I mean, if you've got bigger problems as well, like you're trading in Neils and stuff like that, and you have to keep McGovern, I think he's okay as a keeper. I think he'll eventually make enough cash. He'll still have some big games in him. Just going to be painful that he's got a, a floor much lower than what we expected um, based on what we've seen in the past and the role that he had. I think ultimately with this pick, people were trying to fund Crips and Heaney, and they see that this is where they can get money from McGovern and Berry. Yeah, we'll go over Barry shortly, but yeah, sandwiched between uh, McGovern and Barry, the most traded out uh, premium midfielder is Jack Steele, 685k, 600, 203 break even. George, you set a trend. Steele is getting traded out this week. I know you've got a little bit of buyer's remorse with how your trade worked out, but if you had your time again, would you still be trading Jack Steele? Something's up with Steele. I don't know what it is, but I think something's up. I didn't watch the second game, but the first game, his body language wasn't great. His work rate off the ball wasn't what it was last year. I remember watching him in the preseason last year. He was just getting up and down the ground. He was always like the first one to the contest. Felt like it wasn't that the case. I think a lot of his scoring this year, like if he didn't have 13 tackles today, his score would have been much, much, much lower. I don't want to say he's 
trade Jack Steele. I don't know what's wrong with him, if there is anything wrong. But um, I don't know. It's just He looks frustrated. His body language isn't great on the field. Now, I didn't see the second game, but I know I, I was reading Big Footy, the um, review for this game, and a lot of people were saying exactly what I said in the first game. You know, something might be up with him. He looks frustrated. Um, outside game is diminished a little bit. I, I'm not sure. Like if you're playing this, for the Saints, this, you'd be pretty frustrated too. <laughs> it's hard because, how, like, what is the reason for this? I have no idea. It's it doesn't make sense. Like, is he in, injured? I don't. Nothing has come out of anything like that. Is he just? I don't know. I, I I have no idea. Okay, actually, there's one thing. He's dropped three kilos, so he was listed at. There was a picture of him on with Dylan friends. Um, on I think one of their Instagrams, and I noticed like his legs were looking skinny. He looked a bit more skinny in the arms as well. I checked um, Footy Wire, which had his last year's weight, ninety-one. Checked the website, eighty-eight kilos. Is he stressed? I don't know. <laughs> Look, Dude, take good. what take what I say. Take what I say with a grain of salt, because you know I'm, this is most likely rubbish. What I'm saying, um, but there are concerns about it. It's just. It's 200 break even. And again, it's the fear of what happens if it keeps trajecting this way. Like, what is the reason why he wouldn't be averaging 120 plus again? I have no idea. And it hurts really bad because Tuke and McRae are putting 40 points on his head at the moment. So I, I can't, I don't have an answer of trade or hold. I don't know. Break even's not good. Um, I'm worried though. What do you think, Eno? I think the only plausible trade with this is Paddy Cripps. Like, you're not trading him to another Primo or something like that. I think you're just going down to Cripps if you don't have him and you think Cripps is, is an absolute keeper. So, I don't like trading Jack Steele if you do have him, but that's the only reason only reason I would. And just doesn't – seven kicks. He's not kicking. Like, what, what's happening here? Did he take no marks? Uh, I think Sarong might have gone to him slightly, but not a tag. Like I read Tucker, maybe. Oh, maybe, maybe, yeah. But as far as I saw, he was still, he still had every chance to do what he would not, you know, what he did all of last year. Um, but yeah, it's definitely that outside game. Like you said, no marks, seven kicks, it's just purely contested, contested handballs and tackles. That's made, you know, got him his score this week. So it's a little bit of a worry. What do you think, JD? Yeah, I, this is a, a tough one because it's, you're right, like it just hurts that he's underperformed compared to McRae and Took. Um, so if you don't have Neil, I think trading him to Neil makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit unsure about whether him to Crips is the right move. It's probably okay just because of the money that you make off the trade. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if sidewaysing him's a good option. Um, like I, I just he had it games like bad. this last year is the only yeah. problem where he had you know lowish disposals. He still had thirteen tackles, which is astronomical. I think he probably only had one or two games more than that last year. But it is the lack of kicking, the lack of marks around the ground that have hurt his score. I think he, visually he didn't look like what he did when we saw him at his best last year but i don't think he was that far off it either maybe i just didn't watch enough jack Steele last year to really know the difference but it feels like it's the type of sideways trade that could come back to haunt you 
but could also be a really good move if he continues to start slow for the next few weeks. It's a tough one. All right. Uh, next up, we mentioned it was coming. Uh, one that a lot of people, I think, had penciled the trade out last week and are kind of going through on it this week, which is Jared Berry. Pretty disappointing score in round one with a 67. Backed it up with a 76 this week. Tagged Merritt for basically three quarters from just after the second quarter through, or the start of the second quarter through to the end of the game. Um, uh, averaging 71 and a half so far. George, Eno, Eno, I'll start with you. Is Barry someone that you'd be trading out this week? I think it's okay. Look, I still think he does have a big score on him. We saw it in the preseason game that he's able to do it. But getting given roles like this isn't the greatest sign, although he still was able to produce a, a, a decent score from it. Um, I saw a bit of that footage of him, you know, stopping Merritt, got a few tackles on him, affected his disposal. Um you know, sort of around the arc, not because that's what Fagan said. They wanted to stop, you know, Merritt. We know Merritt's one of the best sort of kicks to a lead in the comp, really. So totally made sense. And I guess it did get him across the line in the end. So a bit of a smart move, but a little bit concerned that that can happen in the future, I guess. So it's, I think it's okay to trade him out. I don't, I don't have a total issue with it. We're all looking, or people are looking for a mid to trade out. And with the structure we've got, I think he's on the top of the pile as the one to go to open up a spot. DR probably hates us, hates me saying that, but <laughs> well, I think DR might get out of him. It, I'm not sure he wants to though. Like what's his role going forward? Is it going to be wing? Is he going to be mid? Is he going to be tagging? They can throw him forward if they want. Uh, it's a little confusing. I think he, you can definitely hold him if you want. It would make him a bit of money, but uh, he's, again, another one, much like McGovern, he's your avenue most likely to get that money to Crips. So, um, yeah, if there wasn't the great opportunities available, I'd actually hold because we know he's got a big ceiling. And just maybe it comes sooner rather than later, but also injury prone as well. So if you want an excuse to get rid of him, maybe that's a little bit of that as well. Uh, would I you think, be, I think, think the advice on McGovern was very similar, which is like any other season you don't trade him out. This one, I can kind of see why if you don't have McGovern to trade out, that like Barry's then your next best mid price to fund to Crips. And I think in certain circumstances like that, it probably makes sense. I could also see people like correcting down to Stevens and that working out be fine. But there's a lot of proposed trades using a boost to get Barry out for someone like a Brody, which I just can't see being that good. I think even uh, like maybe Barry to Cherry is okay. That's fruity. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's, I think he's one that I'm happy to hang on to. And I think there are some good scores and some good cash gen coming. I think he can get to 400K. Uh, and Brisbane's fixture isn't too bad. Like they've got North this week and then some other good games coming up as well. Yeah. If you trade him out this week, you might have your eyes closed Saturday night. Yep. All right. Um, a rookie here in uh, Ward who has. Played two pretty average games from the Supercoach perspective. I know this week's was actually quite good from a fantasy perspective, but butchered it a fair bit. Uh, the, so 36 week one, 53. Now break even of just 16. So it doesn't look like he's going to make a lot of cash this week. Is Ward someone that you can be trading out instead of, say, a Barry or a McGovern to make some of these other trades happen or even to correct to Stevens? Would not go Ward to Stevens. Um He's starting to come good. The disposal was off. He's shown signs in the Amy game. Um, they're going to keep playing him. 
he's very capable. We keep hearing about it. He was matching Dacos in the last month of NAB League. I think just leave him on the bench for now. Good fielding, but um, there seems to be a little, little bit unreliable for SC. So I am going to hold. If it gets you to Crips or whatever, as we've been saying, I guess I want to hold though. Yeah. Yep. And I hold. Yeah, I'm not trading board, man. I, I I liked what I saw, um, or from what I from what I did see on the weekend. He was involved in a lot of scores. Him and McDonald too, but to be honest, both both pretty impressive. Obviously, their disposal both of them was wasn't great, but they were they were outworking a lot of Port players <laughs> that were up against, which is pretty probably says more about Port than it says about them. But um, there's a big score in him. It's coming, and yeah. I'm going to keep looping in with Stevens until that happens, so I don't miss out. Yep, he'll yeah. come good. Wouldn't trade Ward. Next one, I'm happy to take solo, boys. Don't worry about it. It is, of course, Cam Rayner, the bum man himself. Been saying it since day one of the preseason. This was a trap waiting to happen. And if you have Cam Rayner, shame on you. It's actually a little bit disappointing that this is like the one mid-pricer lots of people didn't get caught on because he was like the obvious trap that would have like paired back a lot of these strategies and would have helped you find. But I'm yeah. surprised he's in enough teams to even be in the most traded players. He's anyway. still in like 15% <laughs> or something like that, which is nuts. Yeah, uh, well, but yeah, if you've got Cameron and move him on, he's scored uh, 50 and 48. And it's exactly what we talked about. When he does have touches, he looks good, doesn't get enough of them, won't get enough of them. He's just not an accumulator. So yeah, stop talking on. about Rainer. Yep, good. <laughs> All right, next is Kane Baldwin, 123k forward from Essendon. Played in a game that was hard to get a good gauge of in terms of performance week one because Essendon got smashed. Dropped for week two. His replacement, Francis, played pretty poorly and he kicked three in the VFL. Uh, would you keep Baldwin if he was named in teams? I guess yes. Otherwise, happy to move him on for uh, Hayes or someone else? Move him for Hayes or Martin if you don't yep. have them. Otherwise, hold. Perfect. Uh, and then last is Tom Mitchell, who has definitely under underperformed his big premium, like his price so far, so 638K supposedly had groin problems, hasn't scored well. Just move him on. It's simple as that. Get him out. Get him out. All right. So um, I guess we've kind of talked about a lot of these players that are you know being traded out and traded in, but uh, none of these decisions are kind of made in a vacuum and people are weighing them up against each other. So, Eno, George, what I'm looking for from you two in the next segment is which of these you would rank or like how would you rank them or who would you prioritize trading out? Um, so trying to go for similar options here, even though it may not always be apples for apples. Firstly, you've got two, probably the two biggest underperforming premiums in defense, which is Whitfield and Ridley. Which one would you be trading out as a priority over the other? Mm, that's hard. They're both crap. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's I think, a, I think unfortunately Whit a very hard decision for owners of both. I'm more worried about Whitfield. <laughs> oh man, I think I'm more worried about not worried, but I think I think Ridley for me. I think Ridley for me. It's tough. I didn't see a lot of the Essendon game, so look, he turned up. Can you enlighten me on how he looked, JD? Was it good? Was the role okay? Yeah, so I talked about this a little bit in the video, but uh, like my video for the week. So he looked fine. When the ball was near him, he was loose a little bit, got lots of spoils. That's how he got such a good ratio when it comes to um, DT Supercoach. But in terms of Essendon's game plan out back, like for me, there's just no 
um, switching across defense. There's no possession play. It seems like there's a, been a small tweak in the defensive exit strategy, which is very just quick up the wing, which is different to what I've become accustomed to over the last year. And I think that does hurt him. He's still getting reasonable kickouts. It was more than 50% again this week. Uh, there just wasn't that many points considered. But yeah, like the rest of it is... Yeah, not a not an amazing game plan. So, like, there's a chance that Essendon changes that after two losses, but I'm pretty worried that the way Essendon's playing out of defense just means it's really going to limit his scoring. And we saw it. It wasn't just with him. Like, Heppel, Hind, McGrath, Redmond. Yeah, none of them. And yeah. Ridley, they all scored really, really poorly. And it's because there's no sharing across the back half this week at all. Yeah, wow, McGrath. I just saw that. Um, yeah, I'd say Ridley then, I think, over Whitfield. I have both, and I currently have traded out Ridley, but I also don't have enough cash to do the trades I want with Whitfield, so I've kind of forced into what I would. And uh, whether <laughs> I should use a boost to trade Whitfield down to Bowie may have been for my own own uh, benefit, but uh, yeah, I don't don't think I'll be doing that one. All right, um, next, so Steel versus Gorn, obviously not perfectly like for like, um, but I guess the comparison here is that they are both people that you pick to be a top premium in their line. Uh, 200 plus break evens going into this round. So if you had both and you're looking to trade out one to facilitate other options, who would you rather get rid of, Gorn or Steel? Oh man, this is hard. I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but a lot of people are facing these it's decisions. Just, That's the point. It's I don't meant like to be talking a podcast about... on Supercoach to help people in difficult situations, but George. trading premiums just <laughs> backfires all the time when I talk about it. I don't know. I think uh, Gorn's role is worse. I can't. It's hard to explain why Steele was playing like he is. Um, Gorn's role is not great. I don't know if, it, again, like, is it going to go up his ruck time? Is it going to go further south? I don't know. Kind of want out of Gorn a bit more. What do you reckon, Anno? Where's that? Uh, where's that? Just got captain super coach average uh, post again because that's, that's these both that's of these. I know Gaunt had it, but still, you know, just for those that I know, don't he's know, already co captain, but yeah, for those that don't know, there's like stuff that's been going around big footy forums for forever <laughs> where basically after a player gets captain, their super coach scoring seems to drop like almost without fail. There's very few where it increases afterwards. And <laughs> I mean, Took's gonna buck the trend this year, hopefully, but yeah, yeah. Steel looks like he may be another victim of the captain destroys your super coach scoring kind of conundrum. Um, I think it's gone for me, yeah. Yep, it's just, obviously, me position, position matters, but yeah, gone. Yep, uh, and then we've talked about a little bit these mid prices that people are looking to move on, not because they've necessarily mega failed, but just because they want to get in a really good option. So, there's three here, one from each line, you've got Chapman down back. McGovern up front and then Barry in the middle. If you were to order these in terms of um, uh, like priority, you'd want to get them out. Who would be one, two, and three? I think you could probably hold all three if you got no other pressing issues and deal with them next week. Um, I think Chapman first because I think in the preseason they said that he will be using multiple roles. If I didn't hear that from JL, I would have picked him. So maybe got out of jail there. Um, I think he was more up the ground a bit more. Against the Saints in the fourth quarter, he was in, uh, like at some stoppages and stuff as well, which is yeah. I think I think he's been a little bit fortunate that in both games has been fourth quarter scaling on the line, and he's kind of been around the ball for that quarter. But otherwise, like three quarters of of poor stuff. So, so sorry, Chap so Chapman yeah. Chapman one, McGovern two, uh, Barry most likely to hold. Oh, yeah, Barry third. And yep. I'm Ditto. 
Ditto yep, on that and I, I would also have the exact same order as well. Perfect. All right, now priority trade in. If you thought those ones were hard, I think these ones might be even harder. So uh, Hewitt, Heaney, and Cripps. Once again, one from the back, one from the front, one from the middle, all around that 400 to 450K price range. Look like they could be keepers in their line and have performed amazing through the first two rounds. Rank them in order of must get in Hewitt, Heaney, and Cripps. One Hewitt, two Cripps, three Isaac. And I. Hewitt's one, I think. Haney Cripps. I'm gonna stick with Haney as the next one, and then Cripps as the third. I think Haney. I think Haney's just clear in the top three or four in his line, whereas Cripps might fall somewhere in a bunch of guys. I know the I know the value is insane, so that's part of it. So shut up. But <laughs> I changed my yeah. mind. I'd go with Haney. <laughs> Isaac too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I could totally see that playing out. I'm going to go with the Crips upside and I'll take Hewitt, Crips, and Heaney as one, two, and three. I could even see some people putting Crips ahead of Hewitt if you're really bullish yeah. on him getting back to his best at a 115 to 120 average. Uh, all right, now two down back. Uh, so we've talked about Hewitt obviously being someone that we really highly value as a downgrade option, but if you were sideways a primo, uh, you've got, I think, Hall and Stewart is probably the two standout options. We've already discussed this a little bit. The upside of Hall with the injury risk versus the consistency of Stewart. Uh, who would you prioritize? Probably take Hall. I don't think Stewart's durability is that good either. You know? I think I think I said Stewart half an hour ago, but I think the whole, like if I had the choice right now and I had neither, it's Hall. It's too hard to not say that. <laughs> yeah, I think like it's been a would be a big coin flip for me, but just like I'm getting the biggest FOMO with Hall, and I think yes. I'd rather just ride it and like see this, see the um, ship sink, um, and then yeah. like correct to Stuart later. I just I think I'd rather do that and burn the trade. It's as sad as it is to say. <laughs> um, all right, so there's some people that have missed some of the more expensive rookies. Uh, so Dill Stevens, we've talked about a little bit, but there's also some teams floating around without Horn Francis or Rochelle. How would you prioritize these three? Horn Francis is getting more mid time now. He got 12 CBAs. Get him and in. That should that should only go up with uh, Taron Thomas and LDU. Well, I mean LDU should just be one week. I think Taron Thomas might be a little bit longer, but yeah, the them both going down. Um, yep. So, yeah. So, you'd have Horn Francis one. Uh, who are the other two? Stevens. Rochelle and, and Stevens. Uh, um, probably Stevens and Rochelle. Well, yeah. uh, Rochelle was unlucky, I think. He had a few clangers. Like, he, he kept having shots. I know we were at the game and you were liking it, but like he was having shots <laughs> on goal and they just end up in the defender's hands at Collingwood. So, um, yeah, kind of a poor... Had 20 touches for 58, so um, wasn't his best game. But, um, yeah, I think all three are nice to have. I wouldn't be moving mountains to get these players in, though. Yep, I have the same order. I have the same order. Rochelle needs a little bit more, like, dissection because the 20 touches and him getting, like, you know, a bit of mid-time towards the end, I guess, was probably just a, a factor of the game being probably done. But it's a little bit – it's something to think about. But Laird is back soon, and you know he's he's obviously a, a small forward. So yeah. Anyway, same order as George. Yep, and I think I would agree with that. So just to recap: Born Francis one, Stevens two, Rochelle three. Uh, in the midfield, if you've got some really luxury sideways trades you want to do, and you're picking between Petraka and Brayshaw, have you got a preference for one of these two? 
Take Petrucca. Bit more unstoppable. Ah, oh, it's hard. Yeah. Like he, like he, the Amy game he really butchered. It. I think he scored like ninety something. Um, but he kind of cleaned it up last year, and it's been okay this year so far. So, I guess he was like one twenty post by. I think you back him in to do that for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think the right answer is Petraka, but Stafford, oh, it's Brayshaw, baby. <laughs> I want to own him again this year for sure. So, yeah, I think the right answer is track, but yeah, yeah, I think I'd. <laughs> Like Brayshaw has got a little, little bit cheaper as well, but I'd probably just go for Tracker as well, just because the we've seen him hold his upside for a consistent period of time, which is quite scary when that happens. So, uh, you know, these look like they're going to be good all year again. So there's a good chance he gets on multiple streaks like that that price him out a bit, like what we've seen with Bont in the past. He could score 200 this week. <laughs> oh, don't say that. No, we're going to be competitive. Essendon, we're, we're going to be good for like two quarters this week. From <laughs> trust, trust, trust the process. All right, um, two mid-price rucks. I think we've already talked about this a little bit, but Jackson versus English. I'd be taking English over Jackson. Anyone have a different opinion? Yep. All right, excellent. Yeah. And then last, we've got um, three mid-prices, which I think the, the number one will be obvious based on the conversation so far, but I've thrown in a wild card. So you've got Cherry, Brody, and then Caldwell. Caldwell is uh, mid-priced at 260-ish K in the midfield. He's gone back-to-back 90s, and now with Merritt going down, looks like he could potentially get more midfield time. Is there a world where you would prioritize Caldwell over Brody? Don't know. Caldwell was like 58 dream team. Usually it's like the other. Yeah, yeah. usually he's a bit of a butcher. And you yeah, in all handballs, so a bit of a Hewitt game, a bit of a steel game, like just pure inside. Uh, what, what, I think, JD, you'd be better positioned to answer this. Uh, I've almost given up on guessing what SN and midfield is going to do because <laughs> a, lot, a lot of what's going on doesn't make a bunch of sense to me at the moment. Uh, I could see him being like better than Brody. It's just he carries different risks. So we're guessing, we'd have to guess at how the midfield restructures without merit. And also he's got the, the soft tissue in, injury or history. With Brody, we haven't seen with Fife and Mundy back and the low time on ground is still weird. Like, is that a sign that they're happy to keep playing him like that? Or is that a sign that he's one that's going to be dropped sooner rather than later? I don't know. I, I, like, I probably can't see myself trading to either of these this, this week just because there's too many unknowns. Uh, but like, I could see why people would pick Caldwell over Brody, for example, and, and try and chase that upside of a better, even better role. Yeah, I think if you started Caldwell, you'd be pretty happy so far. So, but he's not someone I'm trading in. Yeah, yeah. But Cherry won. All you have to do is get. Oh cherry. yeah, it's, it's very easy. Oh. All right. Finally, let's wrap it up. Then we we've gone uh, well and truly for time. George is starting to fall asleep. I think uh, vice captain, <laughs> captain to finish off the week. Who are you boys looking at to 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 take us home? Eno, you start. Oh look, it's so hard. To, like this is half the reason we picked McRae. The bloody vice captain who burnt me in the ass last week. So I feel like <laughs> I don't want to do it again. Punished but for that... taking 140s. You <laughs> never thought you'd see the day. That um that took Miller against GWS. I know I feel like they have to bounce back, but geez, from what I saw yesterday, it's like that's pretty juicy. And Turk doesn't look like scoring anything less than 130 this year. So that looks like a nice VC and then into to Neil C again. Um as the backup. So that I like at this current point in time. So Damn. Noble Noble said that they were 
they would consider throwing a cooler towards Neil today. Which, <laughs> what is that? I saw that. Yeah. So a cooler, in the, from what I picked up from the conversation, isn't a hard tag, but it's someone that might run with him for 10 to 15 minutes just to cool him down a little bit. He's a bit hot out there. You know, we give him a drink or whatnot. Uh, not a full-on bath, just a little little taste of the water. So I think that could be someone like a Greenwood who's done defensive roles in the past. Uh, I'm, there's someone else that's really obvious in that midfield as well that um, has done some defensive jobs. But yeah, is is does that worry you off Neil as a captain at all? Uh, not really. I, I heard. Um, <laughs> sorry, Joe. I heard Bucks because yeah. Gary Lyon asked him this on SEN this morning about Neil and Essendon not doing it. And Bucks is like, mate. Sometimes there's just guys like this in that good of form that even if you did, they're not getting tagged. Like they're still. Like they're the best midfielders in the comp. They're in the best form of their life. That was Neil's best rated game he's ever played. I don't think you can stop some guys like that when they're in their best form. So I'm not worried about a tag for Neil, to be honest. All right. So Miller into Neil is also currently how I've got set up. But I could see, um, yeah, if you've got Petraka or Oliver against Essendon, that looks like a very juicy vice captain uh, option. And then, yeah, McRae is a little bit hard to vice-captain, I think, against the Swans just because Swans look really good. Their midfields looked really good. And uh, Miller and Neil look like such great options that are that are quite popular. George, is there anything left to feel that you'd consider? Crips against Hawthorne. I guess he plays Ooh. a bit later. The same, yeah, if yeah. it was a vice-captain, I would yeah, love this as an option. But can you trust him as a captain after two weeks? I don't know. I don't know. That's, no. pretty, that's pretty scary. No, I think I'm a took into nil. Uh, I, I guess think, uh, could go yeah, McRae if you want, though. No, oh, yeah, yeah. I think annoyingly Grundy might have been a nice little VC at a different time, but he's he's the same time as Neil pretty much. So yeah. against Ray Stanley, and I but. guess uh, Brayshaw against West Coast um, is the final game. So for those owners, I think you could also consider that one as a alternative uh, captaincy choice. I agree. Yep. All right, but I think that wraps about everything up. Hopefully, this has been a pretty useful podcast. I feel like we've gone over all the most important plays this week in terms of movements in and out and kind of what we're thinking about and how we'd rank them as well. I, I, I feel like we couldn't have done anything more to get people set up and not only do that, but obviously have a few laughs at George's expense this week, which is well and truly earned on his behalf. <laughs> oh, the one thing we do need to give everyone an update on is Rao versus Lipinski slash Shield. So Shield <laughs> didn't play this week. So that was Rao got the dub there. Uh, but Lipinski, I think, got the chocolates uh, for Super Crow. So Rao just a 71. Was Lipinski an 89? 86. 86. 86. There you go. So I think that actually probably brings them like somewhat closer to um, uh, total scores for you with maybe Rao just a, an inch ahead. But five we'll, points ahead. Four points yeah. Ahead. Yeah. Ooh, wow. It's heating um, up. <laughs> But we'll, uh, we'll obviously keep people abreast of that all year. But uh, with that all said and done, we thank you for tuning in for another week of the Fantasy Take TV podcast. JD is signing off. George, Eno, any final words before we let our lovely listeners go? Try all your premiums. No, <laughs> don't do that. Um, no, that's it from me. Be disciplined, not like me.